0: mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Silicon Theory Podcast. I'm Sean, your host and moderator. With me, as always, Sean P. Say hello, Sean P. Happy 2017, everyone. It's a brand new year. So we are in deep 2017 territory, and as such, wanted to take a look back real quick at some of the best of tech of 2016. We've got uh, a couple of different categories we'll run through, and uh, then we'll get to the best overall performer in the mobile phone category. As we record this, I believe the uh, Academy Awards are going on right now, so... Golden um, Globes. Sorry, my bad. Golden Globes, not nearly as prestigious as the Academy Awards, but... Um, Having said that, if uh, you're tuning into us and not watching that, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, Full disclosure and disclaimer up front, uh, you will not hear any Note 7 discussion during this uh, recap of the best of 2016 because... As probably most of you already know, that phone does not exist. So, as much as we might have liked our limited time with it, and I will look directly at Sean P. when I say this, uh, the Note 7 cannot win any of these categories, more is the pity. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and pour a little liquor out for the Note 7. So, is it bad that I owned it for two days and it took me over two months to get a refund back? Probably.
1: It only took like seven phone calls, so, so- I think that's great.
0: So, in our category of worst customer service for a potentially exploding phone's return, Samsung wins. I'm going to buy another Samsung
1: phone next for the record.
0: Probably not going to impact too many other people as well. And if you saw some of the recent uh, reports about Samsung's quarterly profits, turns out they're not hurting no, too No, they're not badly. hurting for cash. No. So, having said all of that, let's, uh, let's go to our first Best of Tech 2016 and the category's Best Battery Life. Sean, who do you got here?
1: I'm going to go with the uh, Moto Z Play, which is uh, one of the Lenovo Motorola phones. Um, It's actually a new little phone. It's a 5.5-inch, 1080p screen. It's got a 3510 mAh battery, but it has a new-generation Snapdragon S625, which uh, has eight low-power A53 cores on a 14-nanometer process. So it's a chip that just uh, uses, you know uses battery very efficiently so i've only played with this briefly and in, in like a verizon store so it's not something i've had a lot of hands on time hands on time with unfortunately but uh, by all accounts from owners all over the internet and every review i can see people are getting between you know seven and ten hours of screen on time and easy two days of battery life it's ridiculous uh, it's significantly better than any of the s820 powered phones and interestingly enough i, I saw a reddit user who had a Uh, Moto Z and then a Moto Z Play. So he had both uh, phones in front of him. He was using both of them for reasons unknown. And he said from a performance standpoint, they were virtually indistinguishable, despite the fact that the 820 should, in a benchmark, smoke the 625. Uh, And he said the battery life was literally something like double because the Moto Z has a 2600 mAh battery. So... As far as Android phones go, this, this kind of like takes me back to the old days of the old Max phones on Verizon's that got ridiculously battery life by just stuffing a huge battery in there. But this is basically a huge battery, super efficient processor. Uh, by all accounts, it's snappy. When I've used it, it feels as snappy as anything else virtually. I mean, maybe not quite as fast as the flagship guys, but in normal operation, like 95%. So uh, for anyone looking for ridiculously good battery life, that's, that's where I'd
0: start and end my search. And I agree. I think pretty much everything that I've read agrees with this also. The, um, main uh review that i read significantly of was um droid life and uh kellen is notorious for having the black holes of signal on verizon at his place and even he was getting four or five hours of screen on time with the moto z play which is just insane so you can imagine uh i think it's uh here in the united states it's a verizon exclusive correct
1: yeah you can buy it unlocked and i think it goes i've seen sales i think the actual like price is 399 dollars or something but verizon's had these flash sales where it's very inexpensive and then you can get it on like H photo and a couple other sites that do unlocked phones for relatively low pricing so um a very very capable phone by all accounts and in my hands on time snappy fast nice screen
0: not bad so if you're in verizon and battery life is your number one thing check out the moto z play it's uh sounds like an overall winner price is right for sure Next up, we have best mobile camera, and I am gonna give my award to, surprisingly enough, or perhaps not surprisingly enough, the Pixel and Pixel XL camera. Uh, Great camera, and I'm not just using the DXO benchmark, which claims that it was the greatest mobile camera smartphone ever produced, but uh, I have the Pixel XL. I've used the camera uh, significantly, both in photo and video mode. The camera itself, is not the biggest deal, but the camera in conjunction with Google's camera software and their HDR plus mode produces some really, really good shots. I have consistently taken excellently focused, very color- Saturated. I won't say color accurate, but I'll say color saturated, very pleasing to the eye photos. With an insane amount of detail, I'm able to do whatever I want with the photos, whether it be uh, view them on a computer screen or on an Instagram feed. And uh, it, it just works. It, it's fast to load. It's fast to take pictures. It produces excellent quality results. Um, I, I don't think there's a ton of difference in the market right now between many of the top players. Um, and soon, in fact, as part of... Um, another review for Uh, SiliconTheory.com, I'm comparing the iPhone 6S camera to the Pixel XL camera. Uh, There's not a lot of difference between the iPhone camera, the Samsung camera, and the the camera module that's in the Google phone. But uh, the combination of the camera sensor and the camera software, I think, is, to me, definitely worthy of the top spot. What do you think, Sean?
1: Yeah, I think there's really three finalists for this this year. It's the Galaxy S7, S7 Edge, Twins, the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, and then uh, the Pixel and Pixel XL. Um, everyone's kind of settled in on this sweet spot of about 12 megapixel with, you know, larger pixels to let in more light. Everyone's kind of moved that direction. The pixel megapixel race is over. So, um, all three of them really, I I don't think you can go wrong. Uh, I know it's kind of a cop out to say that, but I think all three of them take excellent photos. Um, low light, any light really, um, gun to my head, I'm going to say the pixel probably this year is... for me the best camera as well uh i think it's really close between those three though depending on the circumstances i think you could take a picture with all three and pick different ones each time so i don't think there's a whole lot of difference but i think those three have definitely differentiated themselves from everyone else with the pixel probably being slightly better this year um lg is right there in the conversation i mean the v20 has the dual cameras and Um, takes excellent pictures, but I think they've slipped a little bit this year. I felt like LG didn't make quite as much progress this year as the other three did. Um, Even HTC on the 10 finally put in a good camera. It's not quite as good as those other three either, but it takes very serviceable pictures. Um, So I think the good news here is all the major players' cameras at this point are serviceable, certainly take good pictures in good light. Most of them take good pictures even in lower lighting at this point. Um, But gun to my head, I think the Pixel is probably the most consistent and really has some standout shots I've seen. So um, I'm going to agree with you on this category.
0: And I think that, uh, I think you're right, 100%, that we're kind of at a a tipping point for mobile smartphone cameras. Uh, You really can't go wrong. You really have to look long and hard to find a a lower than average um, camera. Uh, But I think right now, definitely the Pixel is the champ. Um, next category is best mobile display. So for someone who considers himself a screen whore and considers the display, probably one of the most important features in a smartphone. Who do you got here, Sean?
1: I think this is no surprise to anyone right now. Uh, Samsung still makes the best screens in the business. So the S7, S7 edge were the best screens that I laid eyes on this year. Um, that's in no small part due to the fact that they're OLED screens. So they have unlimited contrast, um, they can do true blacks where they're not actually lit unlike lcds samsung also has the four modes in their phone so you can kind of choose what color gamut you want to run and their srgb mode is excellent it consistently scores you know in the top two or three along with apple for display accuracy um, so brightness auto brightness contrast color accuracy anything you can think of i, I think samsung's still ahead of the game uh, as far as lcds go I would say the Apple displays this year are the best LCDs I've ever laid eyes on. Uh, it's kind of interesting, too, because the the iPhone 7 is effectively 750p or right in that range, and then you have the 1080p iPhone uh, 7 Plus, and you have a lot of Android devices that are up in the 2K resolution, 1440p. Um, but the iPhone displays are also exceptionally well calibrated. I mean... They run a little bit cold uh, as far as the the white point is concerned. They run you know sixty eight to seven thousand k there, but
0: they're more uh, blue than orangey. A little more
1: blue. Uh, they're not very warm. They're, they run a little bit cooler. But as far as the accuracy and everything else, the the iPhone displays are fabulous. So um, right now, Samsung one, Apple two, and then everyone else is kind of beneath them. Uh, Lots of rumors this year that Apple is going to make a switch to OLED screens provided by Samsung in at least one of the iPhones this year. So it'll really be interesting to see what they do with that. I would have to imagine that's going to be like the top or right at the top. Um, For the Galaxy S8, it looks like Samsung is going to stick with a 1440p screen, but they might go with a rbg subpixel matrix instead of a pentile one for the first time since the note 2 so if that's the case there's room for improvement there too so i'm really looking forward to see what these two guys can do this year i think they're far and away the best displays on the market when you look at lg and htc that's really their biggest weakness i think comparatively Um, both of them are still running lcds both of them are not very well calibrated they tend to run really cold especially lg i think they're up to like 8500 to 9000k which is like blue whites So, Samsung and Apple, the best. I would say Samsung's still the best. And this year, it'll be interesting to see as Apple switches to LED, uh, what they do in comparison to Samsung at that point.
0: I don't really think there's any argument here. Um, Every year, Anantech runs through um, some very focused, detailed technical testing of displays. And pretty much every year, their conclusion is the same. Samsung has produced the best quality mobile display ever in a smartphone and then the following year they do it again and then the year after that they do it again Um, we have a galaxy s7 in-house it's a really really nice display it gets nice and bright you can see it in direct sunlight reasonably well it gets nice and low so if you're in the dark and you want to just look at your phone without blinding yourself you can do that too Colors are very vibrant, as are many of the OLED displays. Um, they're very punchy. Um, greens are really deep and and vibrant. Reds and blues and every other kind of color just pops off the screen. It's Some people refer to it as cartoonish, so you'll find a lot of people who prefer the uh, iPhone's LCD display because the colors are a little bit more... Uh, true to life, but um, for my money, probably for most other people's money, Samsung makes the best mobile smartphone display, and if that's your number one feature, if what you're looking for is the single best panel on the market, find Samsung, full stop, you're there.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty much right. Um, I would also say, though, that a lot of other manufacturers, they're, they get panels that are sourced by Samsung that aren't quite as nice, but we are reaching kind of a point where, when I look at a lot of phones, the screen is more than adequate for a while. The gap was fairly large. Samsung panels were far and away the best. I think the best example of that is the Nexus 6 panel in comparison to the Samsungs at the time was it's it was a stark difference. But now, when I look at things like the Pixel and the Pixel XL that are running AMOLED screens, some other things that have AMOLEDs, they don't look quite as nice as the Samsungs. They're not quite as nicely calibrated, and they don't get quite as bright. There's there's these little areas where they're not quite as nice. But overall, uh, AMOLED AMOLED screens have come a long way, and and even even if you're not using a top tier samsung they're they're pretty good at this point we're spoiled
0: we are there's a lot of good panels out there right now but um i think you're right i think samsung and and the iphone panels are are in the kind of a class by themselves and in terms of the just the overall quality of the display and everybody else in terms of how good they are is varying degrees of excuse me varying degrees of um being below them. So if uh, if screen is number one, Samsung is your choice. So what we wanted to do with this next thing was give something a little bit different and take a look at what kind of OEM brought the best value proposition to the market. So we're calling this the best value for the money. So basically if you're looking at a mobile phone in all of its entirety, the the camera, the display, the battery life, the build quality, everything else, What you pay for and what you get is basically what we're talking about. And for me, this is probably the best phone that a lot of people haven't heard of, and that's the OnePlus 3T. Specifically, the 3T because OnePlus released a OnePlus Three uh, in June of last year, if I remember correctly, and then about five months later, they released the 3T, which is a slightly upgraded version. But when you look at this phone, I think if I remember correctly, starts at 449. What you get is. Uh, an an average camera performer, which you know, admittedly, if camera is your number one, you're probably going to look somewhere else, anyways. But in terms of everything else, build quality, battery life, speed of the device, um, specs overall, the OnePlus Three T for 449 produces a, a heck of a package. And when you're looking at a, a small OEM that makes devices it has to really hit a lot of points in order for people to consider it. And I think because I know that Sean P got a lot of time to spend some hands-on with the 3T and came away really impressed, or excuse me, the OnePlus 3 and came away really impressed. Um, I think for me that I don't think any other smartphone that's you know another 45% markup produces 45% better in terms of specifications, speed, and quality. So for me, the best overall value for the money is the one 3T. What do you think, Sean?
1: Yeah, I kind of narrowed this category into three phones that I think kind of weren't uh, mentioned. So you have the uh, Huawei Honor 8, um, you have the ZTE Axon 7, and then you have the OnePlus 3 and 3T is the the current variant that's out there. And uh, I think you can argue kind of pros and cons for each of them. If you're just looking on paper, the ZTE Axon 7 might actually be the winner. It has Basically every feature you can think of, from facing speakers, two K fourteen forty p. It keeps saying two K, but it's fourteen forty p. screen. Whereas the um, Honor and the OnePlus will only have a ten only ten eighty. Um, but I think when you look at the whole package, having had hands on time with each one of them this year, uh, the OnePlus Three, and the Three T, are the the best that I've used. Um, and I would say the reasoning for that is, apart from just the hardware, I think the software experience on those f- phones on the, the one pluses are better than the others uh huawei uses a fairly heavy skin on the honor 8 zte uses a fairly heavy heavy skin on the axon 7 and basically the one plus is running stock android more or less with some additions um, and when when uh, xda is doing um kind of their reviews and performance reviews uh the one plus 3t i believe is like right up there for the highest performing phone of the year. I mean, you know, same as the Pixels. So even with Google optimization, the OnePlus, I think, benchmarks it in certain areas. So uh, for the money, um, it, it literally is probably 95% as good as any other phone on the market for roughly half the price. Uh, I know the 3T is a little bit more expensive. It's 439 as opposed to mm. the 399 that the OnePlus 3 was. But $40 is a huge difference, and there is a fair amount of upgrades in the phone. Um, whether they're worth it or not to use another story, but I don't think they're asking anything unreasonable. Uh, and I think most importantly, probably the biggest reason the OnePlus gets the nod here is they finally got rid of their invite system, which really ruined the OnePlus One and Two.
0: Without um, question, uh, without it's, question,
1: it's a phone that you would love to recommend that you can't buy, and you were on you know Reddit or wherever trying to scam an invite or just get something so you could actually get it. And it was a big debacle. Uh, it was a bad system. I know why they did it, but it. It really ruined the experience. They did everything right with the 3 for the most part. Got rid of the invite system. I think they focused on the things that matter to people, the performance of the phone, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So unquestionably for the money, I I think it's there. I would actually go so far as to say, and I've seen a number of sites say this, the OnePlus 3 and 3T warrant serious consideration for the best phone of the year. Absolutely. Um, And we're going to get to that section, but I've seen a few sites actually choose it. And having used it, for a couple weeks, when I had it, um, it's it's a serious phone, and the money, the price is right.
0: Hard to argue um, for four thirty nine. Excuse me, um, you you can't. I I don't think you can really, I mean, again, we talked about, you know, mobile devices have come a long way. There are some nits to be picked, but, you know, if your camera is just average and still produces good shots in in good light, uh, not necessarily maybe in low light, but, um, you know, and and does all of these other things well, then I think you're probably doing something right. And I think that OnePlus uh, has come a long way from their uh, OnePlus One with their horrifically bad invite system to um, a place where when the OnePlus plus three was launched, they made the announcement. I think you could buy it or start ordering it the following day. And the unit started to ship, you know, within a week. So, uh, kudos to them for producing an excellently produced product. That is an excellent value for the price.
1: I would say, too, they they put everyone on notice this year a little bit. OnePlus is never going to compete with the big guys because they're not in the carrier stores in the United States. But the OnePlus 4 rumors have already started. It looks like it's going to be a 1440p AMOLED screen, better camera, maybe up to a 4,000 mAh battery, um, ceramic body. There's lots of rumors out there, and it's still pretty early, so we don't really know what we're going to get. But again, if they get rid of the invite system and they keep the price relatively close to where it is and they actually have all those features in there it's I think it's going to be pretty difficult for a lot of companies to justify charging twice as much. I think we're kind of already there now, but they're getting significantly closer to it's virtually indistinguishable from the others and just costs less. So again, without the marketing and, and being in the carrier stores, it'll probably never compete with the Samsung's and Googles and Apples of the World, obviously, but I don't know. The OnePlus is doing it right. it's a good way to get Noticed, And for people looking for unlocked phones, and especially as companies move away from the two-year contract model, um, I don't know. I think OnePlus can get a foothold if they continue on a path their own.
0: I agree. And I think that in a lot of ways, it does put some of the other makers on notice that they're going to have to come up with a compelling product in order for it to justify a higher price point. Which, in essence, leads us to our last category, which is best overall mobile phone in 2016. This was a great year for mobile technology. I don't think either of us denies that. And we, um, we had a conversation off air about uh, what we thought this was. And uh, I believe there was a threat leveled against me to uh, be forced to use an, an iPhone for the uh, balance of the year if uh, I didn't comply with a certain request. And I really, uh, for me anyways, I really gave consideration to the iPhone for phone of the year because I think there are a lot of things that iPhone did right or excuse me, that Apple did right with the iPhone and iPhone 7. But for me, the phone of the year, uh, I don't think is, again, any surprise to anybody. But I think the Pixel XL and the Pixel, for me, represent what people who use Android devices really have come to want, which is a fluid, integrated experience that allows you to basically get the it-just-works feeling of an iPhone on an Android device. It's polished. It's fast. You get updates quickly, directly from Google. And in essence, you get the vision of Android by Google on your phone. And there are a lot of other things to like about it. Again, the camera's really good. For me, battery life has been excellent. um, You know, registering. Uh, you know several hours of screen on time anywhere between four and five and I can go you know between 18 and 30 hours on a single charge in fact yesterday I I had the phone uh, off for one day four hours uh, off of a single charge which up until now has not been possible for me with any phone no matter what I did to it you know ROMing and tweaking and kernel changes and what have you. So um, the display is fine. Um, It it gets good battery life. The storage is fine. The extra perks that you get, the 24-7 live support, the unlimited native resolution backup in Google Photos, um, you know, all of the little things that go into it. Is it water resistant? No. Does it have expandable storage? No. Do those things matter to me in terms of what I consider for necessary for a phone? No, they don't. And that's why, for me, the Pixel and the Pixel XL are phone of the year. What do you got, Sean?
1: I, I think it's hard to argue. This year was significantly better than last year. Last Excuse me, we're in 2017. 2016 was significantly better than 2015. Um, I think 2015, it's pretty well documented with the Snapdragon 808 and 810 kind of disaster that it kind of was a lost year in a lot of ways, and it was a shame. It was, um, This This year was significantly better. Uh, I would say, so... I know we so we wouldn't mention it. The huge misfire, and fire is probably a poor choice of words, because that's what it did, <laughs> is, the Note, is the Note 7. Um, so if you take that out of the equation, though, and you look at the major releases, I think the only other real misfire this year was the LG G5. They tried this modular system, but it felt more like a beta than a finished product, and then they didn't actually release any modules for it. So surprise, surprise, that failed. But when you look at the rest of the releases as a whole, Galaxy S7, S7 Edge, um, you have the HTC 10, uh, Moto Z, Moto Z Force, uh, Pixel Twins, um, LG V Twenty, OnePlus Three and Three T. When you look across kind of the spectrum of major releases, all those phones are pretty good for the most part. Damn uh, good. the The year was so good, in fact, that like the HTC Ten is a pretty fantastic phone that no one talks about or even notices or bought. Uh, which is sad. Yeah, really poor HTC. Because um, they actually finally fixed almost everything they were weak in and brought a fantastic phone out, and no one paid attention because there's so many good phones. So having said all of that, I think if you narrow everything down, my kind of Mount Rushmore, the four that stood out, were the OnePlus 3 and 3T, uh, the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, Galaxy S7, S7 Edge, and the Pixel and Pixel XL. And I think you could make kind of compelling cases for all of them. All of them are very well-rounded phones and have some standout features that are better than the others in specific areas. Um, But I'm also going to choose the Pixel and Pixel XL this year, um, and that's because the galaxy s7 and s7 edge they're great phones but they're kind of extensions of what samsung's already been doing uh, and the iphone 7 and 7 plus are the same they're an extension of what apple's been doing they're refined products they're great they're they have features across the board water resistance and even some things that the pixel doesn't have um, and the one plus three and the three t they're great phones as well especially for the money but I, I think they're just not quite up with those other group uh close though So the Pixels, though, um, for Google's first shot at phones, they're just, we keep going back to the it-just-works mantra, the thing that they said about the iPhones for so long that I used to roll my eyes out and kind of gag on a little bit, but it's just true for the most part with the Pixels. It's the first Android phone that really, it's just well-rounded in every area. There's no real huge weakness. You can pick out feature weaknesses. You can say, oh, it's not waterproof, for instance, Um, and some of the other, you know, doesn't wireless charge, that kind of stuff, some of the stuff that Samsung has, but for the things that matter for a user, battery life, fluidity, uh, camera, screen, um, software support, the software itself, the Pixel and Pixel XL are awesome. They're fast, they just fly, everything works really well. Anyone can pick it up and use it. It's not just an enthusiast phone. Uh, the designs are a little boring. I hope, so. I hope excuse me, that Google a little more time next year is something a little more interesting um and i do hope they add waterproofing next year i think that's something that consumers do want but everything else they're just really really good phones um as I said i think google for their first attempt hit at least a solid uh, triple if maybe not a home run and next year i'm hoping they hit the grand slam but it's a great phone it's easy to recommend uh it comes in two sizes which is great and you don't lose anything if you take the smaller size Things are scaled appropriately as far as the resolution of the screen and the battery, but otherwise it's identical, so you don't get penalized if you want something that's a little bit easier in the hand. Um, so, yeah, it was a great year overall, lots of great devices, but uh gun to my head. I think, I think when you look back, the Pixel and the Pixel XL are what's going to stand out as far as this year is concerned. I think looking back, the Galaxy S7... NS7 Edge and the iPhones may just be another iPhone release and another Galaxy release, whereas the Pixels were the first Pixel, an excellent phone in its own right, and it's something we might look back on as kind of a watershed moment when Google got serious about making phone hardware.
0: I think you're right. I think that the significance that it has uh, in 2016 uh, kind of pushes it over the top. Uh, Yeah, do I wish it had maybe some of the other features? Sure. I would love to have everything packed into a mobile smartphone. Why not? Blender? you know, juicer, uh, give me shine, whatever. But the, the biggest thing is that it is the first attempt by Google and they did a really damn good job with it. And that makes me excited, not only for the future, but for what the present is. And what the present is, is a phone that anyone can enjoy, use, and get a lot of value out of, especially for the average consumer because of the things that we've talked about, including one thing that we didn't, which is it actually works on every carrier. Although it's being touted as only on Verizon, that means you can only buy it from Verizon in a carrier retail store. You can actually take the phone, buy it off of Google, and use it on pretty much any carrier from Project Fi, which is Google's own mobile service, to T-Mobile, Sprint, AT&T and Verizon, and that makes it a a unilateral success, I think, for anyone who is looking for an overall package that they don't have to spend a lot of time worrying about and can actually spend a lot of time enjoying. So
1: Yeah, maybe the ultimate proof of concept of this is my aunt had a 2013 Moto X, and she was looking to upgrade her phone, and she just bought a Pixel, Um, and I saw her at Christmas, and she loves the phone. It's a great size for her. She didn't want a huge phone, um, it's easy to use and learn. It's lightning fast, and it does everything well. And so uh, she's obviously not an enthusiast. She's not someone who's, you know, looking at a Tech reviews or anything, certainly. And when what? She, yeah, right. And when she looked out there, um, that phone was the obvious choice for her. And when she had it, she's thrilled. She says you know, just this great phone that's so easy to use and does everything well. and I, I think that's. You know, we're discussing the significance of Google actually doing this, but I think that really is kind of the, the key takeaway here, which is they released a phone that any person can pick up and use. It's fast. It's going to get software support. And uh, really, it, it, we in Android... It, there's still a little bit of a curve. I, I know it sounds ridiculous. Android is easy to use. I think if you pick up a Samsung Galaxy S7, it's it's an easy phone to use, in my opinion. But compared to an iPhone, I think an iPhone's still easier to use in some ways. It's The the interface is just a little simpler. But the Pixel falls into that same very, very simple interface and just kind of it's intuitive to use maybe more so than the Grace UI on the, the Galaxy phone or um, anything else out there in Android land. And Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just a great phone. I'm really looking forward to see what Google does next year with a whole year to put a phone together because the, the pixel, I I forget what the, you know, nine months, nine months, I think from start to finish. So there were some compromises that had to be made that they probably won't have to make this year. And I can't wait to see what they do next time.
0: Absolutely. So there you have it. The Silicon Theory, Best of Tech 2016, we covered a lot of ground. We've got uh, a lot of good phones in 2016, and 2017 is shaping up to be a terrific year as well, at least from the initial rumors. And having said that, make sure you check out our uh, January Rumor Roundup podcast, which should be coming shortly. But as always, you can find us on SiliconTheory.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Silicon Theory. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the Silicon Theory podcast to get all the new episodes as they're uploaded. Everybody, have a great 2017 and hope you enjoyed 2016 as much as we did. Good to be back. We'll do it again soon. Take care, guys.